everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Christian in Progress. My name is Samuel Perez, and just a little bit about myself, I am a former gay stripper. Yep, that's right, you heard that correctly. (laughs) I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ, and this podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me, and to educate those that maybe are not like me. I want to talk, but I really want to talk about what a real life with Jesus looks like in 2021. Nothing is off limits, and I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Now, before we get started, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is completely free to listen, and we do accept donations, and we have some awesome rewards and gifts for those who want to be part of the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Podbean, Click on the description and you'll find the link to becoming a patron of the podcast, which means you'll be making a regular monthly commitment. And we also have my website where you can find resources to give through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App at SamuelAbrahamPerez.com. On today's episode, we have Carlos Catari. He is an ex-gay that is turned evangelist, and he has a very successful online ministry through YouTube. How are you, Carlos? Thank you, Samuel. I'm, I'm doing very good. Thank you for this opportunity. For sure, man. So I know that you have a little bit of an accent. Can you tell us where you're from? <laughs> I have not an accent. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm from Venezuela, but I would say that even English is my third language because it has been seven years. I live in Quebec, in Canada, and here our second language, our first language is French. So English is like uh, the third one. <laughs> That's so, the reason why how- accent. How long were you in Venezuela for? I was in Venezuela until I was 29. And I have been here seven years and a half. Wow. So, okay. So you were in Venezuela to 29 years old and then you went to Canada and you've been in Canada for seven years. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I'm sure a lot has happened. Okay. So basically... Yes. Me and you have a lot in common, obviously. Um, we're, we're both Latin. That's good. But I was born in Miami, so I am technically American. I'm like first generation American. I think that's what they call it. Um, I'm a little bit younger than you, but we are both ex-gays. We are both yeah. um, individuals who have um, left a homosexual lifestyle to pursue a lifestyle that is completely um, involved in just one thing, which is just Jesus Christ. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's not involved Amen. in the church. It's not involved no, no, in no, 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 religion. Yeah. It's not involved it's in other people. Yeah. It's, it's all just relationship with Jesus. So tell me, tell, tell me a little bit about growing up. Did you believe there was a God? Did you like, what, what did your parents teach you about God? Like what, what was that like for you? Uh, I would say that in my case, my family was Catholic, but not not really devout, you know. So I used to know there were saints and virgins and things like that, but I didn't have an idea, a good idea about, about God. I would say that even when I was 17, I was atheist. I believe more in, in the evolution theory than in God. So I didn't have a, a real relationship or any idea about God, about Jesus. I used to mock Jesus. I used to make uh, um, uh, laugh about him. So, you know, it's, I didn't even have an idea that he, what he did, why he existed, why he came, anything. Mm. So it was not a, a religious background that I had. 
Yeah. And living in Venezuela, it must have been really confusing when you started having attractions towards other other men. Well, how, how did your attraction towards other guys start? Uh, in fact, I would say that I have no idea um, if if this started by itself or it was because I was sexually abused. Uh, mm-hmm. I was sexually molested since I was four or five years old. Mm-hmm. So I was so exposed to homosexual sex since I was so little that I don't know if it was the reason or not. So I, during many years, I wanted to know if, what was the reason, but it's like today that I know Jesus, I don't care anymore. <laughs> but at that time, I remember that I was uh, uh, sexually abused uh, since four uh, until 12 years old. Uh, wow. During many, many, many times, it was hundred times. It was not just one guy; it was many guys. It was like four or five. And I remember my father and uh, my mom. They separated. They divorced when I was seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father rejected me because I was uh, effeminate, and I used to be more a sensitive guy. You know, I was a. I, I, I related that with you because when I was a kid, I was more sensitive I, I wasn't a rude guy so I remember that I knew something was was wrong in these sexual encounters that I had but I like it because it wasn't it wasn't violated violent it was all like a game you know mm. so the, the the guy who who abused me he found out a way to make me like what we were doing mm. So was it was it a close family member or was it just like yeah it was a close family member oh wow yeah that seems to you know it's it's kind of strange because that is something that happens very frequently like mm-hmm. I for example for me I've said it before like I was not abused at any point in, in my childhood or anything like that as far as I know mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe I blocked it out or something but I for sure I don't remember nothing like that ever happening to me I remember that from when I was a little boy, I was watching Titanic and I saw Jack and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. Like, I love this. this is, <laughs> yeah. I fell in love with the character. So I, I already knew when I was a little boy that I was very, you know, more attracted to men than I was to women. Nothing to do with sexual abuse. But when I speak to other men and I've had other men on the podcast um, who have been sexually abused by, um, by a man... And then they go on to live a homosexual lifestyle. So a lot of men, um, even I even have close friends as well, um, who are homosexual. Um, they've experienced some type of abuse as as a child. But that's not always the case. It's just you're one of those cases. I'm one of those cases. You know, in these five years I've been doing ministry, I have received at least 12,000 messages from people asking me for help. Wow. And the most of them were sexually abused. Yeah, it's not it's not the hundred percent, but most of them were sexually abused. So in my case, it was that I remember that at twelve, I suddenly I remember I was with my dad, and somebody came suddenly and said to him, "Ah, oh, this is your 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 son, the one who has the gay face." It shocked me so much because it's like I felt discovered. And I was my... Wait, hold on. hmm? The gay face? Gay face. He said, ah, this is your son. He said to my dad, this is your son, the one who has the gay face. So like, what was he trying to say? That you were feminine looking or... Something like, I guess. But you know what? (laughs) I expected my father to to protect me. I expected my father to to punch him in the face. And he didn't. 
What did so your father say? He didn't say a thing. He just looked at me and he said to me, so reply. What do you want to say about that? Oh. You know, I, I, at that time, I remember that you, you would never reply back to a, an adult. So I didn't. Yeah. But in my heart, I said, okay, you, you think I'm gay. Yeah. You think I'm gay? So you're going to know the most gay guy that could ever exist in this earth. That's how, what I'm going to do. How old That's what I that said point? in my mind. I was 12. You were 12 years old. Wow. And you're yeah. like, okay, well, if this is what my dad thinks I am, then I guess that's, that's this gonna is be. who I am. Mm -hmm. And you wow. know what's, what it's interesting? That it's, it's, it was at that time that I started experiencing the gayer. Mm -hmm. So suddenly I could go into the shopping center and then I would see a guy in the eyes. Immediately I knew he was gay. Yeah. It was so fast and it was so easy. And I was already so um, somehow like addicted to sex because even though I was 12, I was already sleeping with guys since I was four. Yeah, there's something. So for those of you who are listening who don't know, um, uh, something in the, in the gay world, which is called the gaydar. And it's mm -hmm. when you can, it's like a radar, but for gays around you. So you can yeah. <laughs> get like another gay man can usually tell if a man that's around him is also gay. And this was something that I was talking about um, with, with my counselor. I have a counselor. He's amazing. Um, and I just talk about life with him. Nothing, you know, considered, it's not, not a specialist in homosexuality or anything like that. But um, we were talking and uh, my counselor called that kind of like a familiar spirit. Mm -hmm, so like there's mm -hmm. like there's spirits that are around us that, you know, especially when you go through a trauma like that, um, which, which is, you know, an, an abuse trauma, um, you may even be that spirit that has because everything like as Christians, we don't just believe that the world is physical. OK, well, I went through a trauma mm -hmm. and that was just like a physical trauma. No, everything, according to the word of God, is spiritual as well. Yeah. So there are things that come out um, in this and there are things that follow us in the spiritual that we don't even know are there sometimes. Yes. So sometimes there might be that same familiar spirit um, that is provoking maybe thoughts of lust, you know, in another individual. And I can pick up those um, same thoughts because I'm also being provoked maybe by the same spirit, you know. So that's usually, I would say, how Gator works. <laughs> kind of. In fact, you know what? For me, it was a superpower. I was so excited that I discovered I had this superpower because of this. I could... I could go and sleep with whoever I, I, I wanted. It's mm -hmm. like I could see them in the eyes immediately. I knew mm -hmm. it, it is not just that I knew they were gay. I knew we wanted to have sex. That's what for me it, it meant. Wow. That I, it was like immediately, okay, so I can get to you and we can have sex. So immediately, imagine it happened at I was 12. At 15, I was already uh, into prostitution. I was already receiving money in, in exchange of, of sex. Wow. With guys, they were old men. So it was really like, uh, I don't know what to say because at that time I really enjoyed. I enjoyed. I, I cannot say that, oh no, it was a sinful. It was not. I enjoyed. I really liked it. I, was, I liked what I was doing. But at the end, I was always like empty, like looking for something that I didn't know. Uh, but I kept, I kept doing it. And let's talk about so, the prostitution. You, you like doing the prostitution? Uh, <laughs> and it, somehow I was innocent in, in my mind. So I used to be um, a car freak and I used to buy many magazines of cars. And so I found out that by exchanging my uh, sex in exchange of money, I could buy more magazines. So I used 
that money to buy car magazines. So it was, wow. I, it was just, no, it was anyways, it was like, yeah. Like and to you, this must've just been, you know, a very normal thing because being yeah. exposed at such a young age to sexual yeah, acts. Yeah, it was super normal. Yeah, that's crazy because I thinking about like in my, in my life, like my parents, they taught me when I was very young, like they're mm-hmm. like, if anybody touches you, you know, they were like very like, this is your private parts. Nobody can touch you here. You know, all, all these different things. Like they just, they really educated us about, you know, sexual things. So mm-hmm. to me, even when I did want to have sex, I knew that it was something very, very special. Mm-hmm. I knew that I could not just like give myself like that to anybody. So I didn't end up losing my virginity until I was 18 years old. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to wait for like, I want to wait for a special guy, someone who I'm going to fall in love with, someone who I'm going to yeah, care for, uh, all that. But you were I, like, you were out here like prostitution. No, I, I, did, I didn't even know what it was, uh, virginity. I didn't know what it was, like first kid, uh, first uh, kiss. You know, yeah. I, I, I didn't know anything of that. I was, since I have memory, I was already into it. And what, so, about, what about love? Like, did you have a concept of just like, oh, I want to fall in love with like another boy or i want to fall in love with a girl did you have any feelings for girls uh i remember i had feelings for a girl when i was 11 but she was i would say that she was like a lesbian so <laughs> i don't know okay. how to, how to, what to think about that but the thing is that i didn't even have any attraction toward women for me a chair or a door and a woman was the same. I didn't have any attraction toward women. Mm. So uh, I, for me, it was not honest uh, anything. But toward men, yes, I felt attracted. I fell in love. I, I remember once I was uh, after a guy, he didn't love me. I was in, 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 in pain in my heart because he rejected me. So I experienced that, you know. And at the age of... Uh, 16, 16, 17, I was already into gay discos and gay bars. In Venezuela. I, I, I'm, I'm tall, so I could get in with a fake uh, ID, you know? Okay, so, cool, yeah. So you were going into <laughs> gay clubs, gay discos, having the time of your 16, life. 16, 17 years old, I was already there. And what were you looking for, like, in those guys? Because I, I, was... I know that when I went into that world, like, that was what I was looking for. I was like, I just want to be loved. I want to be affirmed. I want to like have this perfect little Disney. I wanted princess. to belong. I wanted to belong. I belong. wanted to belong. I wanted yeah. to belong. I wanted to, to be part of some a group that understand me. You know, that's what I what I really appreciated at the time is that for me the LGBT community was somehow at that moment was home. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, I felt that what the, my my way of being the world, my way of understanding my way of, of uh, liking guys was different than everybody around me. So I wanted to be normal in, in, for one group and it, for this group I was. So I wanted to belong and I found that in that group. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. I, I never felt like I belonged <laughs> in, in the gay community, especially in Miami. It was very sexual. And I was such a, you know, like a feelings guy. I was such a, so whenever I would talk about things like marriage and dating, the guys would, they would run away. They would run away so far from the hills. But for me, it was normal because I was sexual in in every activity all the time. So for me, it was, it was like perfect, you know? 
Yeah, interesting. All right, cool. So okay, yeah. so then you discover the gay discos, the gay clubs, and all that, and like, what do you do with your life? But something happened at at the age of sixteen. I yeah. made my coming out to my family. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I wanted to share. I shared with my sister what happened to me in my childhood because I didn't want this to happen to the other kids in my family. Yeah. So yeah. I said that, and at the same time, I told her, uh, listen, Carla, my sister's name is Carla. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I said to her, uh, but I want to tell you that I'm, I'm homosexual. Mm-hmm. And she was crying so much and, and was like shocked by this. And she said to, to she shared this with my mom. Mm-hmm. When my mom talked with me, my mom uh, made me think about something that for me was shocking is that she said to me, Carlos, uh, first, she felt completely destroyed because she didn't know a thing of what happened to me in my, in my childhood. Yeah. But she told me, why you want, you don't want this to happen to the other little kids and you think that if you weren't being sexually abused, would you be gay? Mm-hmm. And you know what? I didn't know what to answer. Because I said, you know, maybe I have been involved with a penis since I was four. What would be my life if I never was exposed to, to the sexuality of a guy? Yeah. Maybe it would be different. So, you know, at that time, many people told me, my, my gay friends told me, like, no, oh, you have to accept, this is the way you are. But nobody could take this question out of my mind. What if I never been sexually abused? Would, yeah. it, would I be gay? So I would say that at that moment, this question is starting like, like drilling my, my, my conscience. And I couldn't, I couldn't be, I couldn't be happy anymore. It's like, if I accept that I am gay, maybe I am accepting the fate of somebody that somebody else imposed in, in me. Yeah. Yeah. Because what you're trying, like you're at this moment, you're trying to understand, okay, yeah. what is my identity? Like, and I don't just want to accept being gay because if I accept being gay, what if being gay was a result of being abused? Exactly. Then now I'm just accepting an identity that was put on me, that was imposed on me through a traumatic experience. So should I let this traumatic experience become my identity? Or was this just who I was meant to be all along? Like I, I, I would have just been gay even if I hadn't been abused, you know? So yeah, so now you're just confused. You're like, okay, I want to know who I am. I want to know exactly. like what my identity is. Yeah, definitely. So for, and for that, me- that's... That's similar to me because, I mean, for me, like, I <laughs> I wanted to know who I was, but I wanted someone to tell me who I was, kind mm. of, and to affirm who I thought I was by my relationships. Um, so, yeah, we were, both, we were both having some type of identity issue. <laughs> yeah, it was an identity issue. In, in fact, this, the, the way you explained it was uh, exactly like that. And for me, those were the million-dollar questions, you know? Yeah. So... Uh, I remember at the time, uh, my mom took me to a psychologist, not to change my homosexuality, but she wanted to help me with the trauma. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And in my first uh, meeting with this uh, psychologist, I was uh, free of the guilt of the sexual abuse because somehow I felt guilt. I felt that I wasn't man enough to protect myself. Even though I was a kid, it was the way I perceived it. Wow, that's crazy. So I, I, I always thought about myself of not being man enough because yeah. I, I, I didn't protect myself. Yeah, which is not your job. Like that's exactly. your parents' job. 
And your dad obviously like, was not protecting He wasn't there. You. Yeah, he wasn't was, there. Was your, he dad, rejected was, your, me. was your dad around? Like, was, was he working? Like, how was this happening all underneath their nose that they didn't, they didn't know? Honest, the abuser will always find a way to, to, to win the trust of the mm -hmm. family before attacking. It's, he, he becomes like your, your right hand. He becomes like, like the best person to trust. He becomes like an angel to your kids. And then it happens. You know, wow. it's, they, it's really demonic. Really, really de demonic. That's so unfortunate, man. That's, mm -hmm. And I can't even imagine how common that must be. Oh, you have no idea. It's I, crazy. And it, and it happens to everybody. Like it happens, mm -hmm. you know, to little girls, little boys, like n teenage boys and everything. It's it's really just sick and twisted. All right. So then, yeah. okay. So now you so, have this identity question. And after I, re I remember, I remember many, many uh, in, in, in between my gay, gay friends, they used to tell me like, don't you have to accept yourself. You have to, you have to, to just uh, let it go and just be the one who you are and be the way you feel it. That, it was true. I felt gay. I, I love men. I wanted to be with men all the time. So everything about a man, I like it. Everything mm -hmm. about a man, uh, his behavior, his body, his uh, everything. What so, do you think? Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the, the thing you enjoyed most about being with another man? And then I'll tell you my response. But what is... In my case, I understand now that it was the fact that I felt that I was having what I didn't have. I was like getting from him what I what I was missing. Mm -hmm. Because which is what, what like I told af affirmation, encouragement, like what physical I, touch. I, I didn't feel men enough, so I used to go after guys who were more strong, who were more uh, brave or masculine. So it's like I felt that what I was missing. I could get them from them through sex. That's what I understand today. At that moment, I didn't understand. Yeah. So, yeah. so I would say it was something like that. And in, in, beside of that, I used to be, and that this is something I have already shared in other videos, I used to be bottom because I didn't even feel men enough to be top. Yeah. So it's like I wanted to receive from them this masculinity. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting because, I mean, for me... I definitely like when when I was with other guys, I remember this everything you just said is so deep as I was listening to a testimony from uh, my friend Alessio. It's on YouTube if you guys want to listen, but he said something along the same lines of you It's like he wanted so much to steal the masculinity from mm -hmm. other men and to like somehow steal that from the sexual acts, which is like mm -hmm. insane. Like mm -hmm. it's insane to think about, but even me, like for example, I, I wasn't a bottom, I was a top. And one, mm -hmm. one of the main things that really attracted me, and by the way, guys, bottom top, that just means like man and female, you know, position or whatever in sexual acts. So um, one of the things for me was that when I would see a masculine guy, it wasn't so much like, Oh, I wanted him to hold me, take care of him, take care of me, all these different things. It was more like I wanted to dominate him. I wanted mm -hmm. to prove to that other masculine man that I was just as masculine as him. Like it was like a competition because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't feel like in my insecurities and in my identity, I didn't feel like I was man enough either. So it's, mm. it's, it's kind of funny the way that that works. That it's like you're taking the you know, the, the women's position and I'm taking the man's position, but deep down inside, we, it's both, the same. yeah, we both want the same mm -hmm. thing. 
and it's mm-hmm. not it's not gonna help us. <laughs> mm-hmm. No matter how much how much sex we end up happening, like we can't prove that to ourselves. Yeah, it, it's, sex. if it was the, the true answer, we would be satisfied, and I wasn't because I slept with more than six hundred guys in my whole life. Yeah. So uh, I was I wasn't I wasn't even I would I wouldn't even say that I was satisfied because I was not. Yeah. But I couldn't stop it. And then every time and you did it, you felt even less. Probably you felt even yeah. more empty. Yeah, you know, there is a point in life where I was so perverted in my in my mind that I didn't even think about that. Mm, I, yeah. It was like it felt like it was my my destiny to be that. That's it. Hmm, that's really interesting. So yeah. what happened after is that I remember that when I went to the psychologist, I get freed of the guilty of being sexually abused, and she told me I would like you to stay like sex free during at least one year so that you can experience like what it should have been your childhood you know it's like it's a child is not supposed to experience sex so i would like you to, to get back in time and just stay one year without sex i couldn't okay and then she said after that if you're gonna be gay straight is whatever you want but i want you to go to a period of calm I remember when she said that, I said in my mind, I don't know why, I said, I want to change. I don't want to be gay, period. Mm-hmm. It was at that moment in front of my, my psychologist, even though I have made my coming out, even though many friends knew I was gay, even though I felt great in the gay community, it's like I, I said, like, you know what? I don't want to be gay. That's it. And, and that, oh, oh, that had nothing to do with God or anything like that. It no, was just... at all. I didn't even know God. I, I didn't care about him. Mm-hmm. And and I remember that, that <laughs> my whole childhood, it's like I felt weird because I used to be mocked. I used to be bullied. And, and you know, somehow it's like I rejected this uh, gay uh, side of me. And at that moment when I was with the psychologist, I was 17, I guess. And I said to her, like, I want to change. Mm. And she didn't want to focus on that, but I couldn't stop. I used to be stubborn and I wanted to change. So I remember at the time, uh, I would say that I forced myself to be with a girl. Like some years later, two years later, I forced myself to be with a girl because I wanted to force myself to be attracted to a woman. It was horrible. It was Mm. a nightmare because it was like, like after being with her, I just wanted to sleep with a guy. I just wanted to go to run to, to the guy's arms because mm. I felt so uncomfortable. I felt that it was not me. So somehow I, I had a girlfriend, but I cheated on her, on her with guys, you know? Mm. And how, how old were you during that time? At that time I was 19. 19, okay, cool. Yeah. So, but this, something happened. Then... <laughs> We used to go to the movies all the time. And we went to see a film, and this film is The Passion of the Christ. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was about. For me, The Passion of the Christ, it was that he was a passionate for women. Because it was a meaning of passion to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I was like, okay, Christ, you know, whatever. He's the passionate for whatever. It's okay. I'm gonna, I just want to see a film. And then we, <laughs> we saw the film. And I cannot explain you how, but it was like, I guess it was Holy Spirit telling me that it was true. That what I was watching in that film 
was true and that he did this for me. So I I was like, I just wanted to be, to, 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 to reply back, to, to responder. I wanted, yeah. I just wanted to, to, to respond. I wanted to respond. I wanted to do something because of what I see. And suddenly, well, uh, uh, not suddenly, but two weeks later, I, I, I remember I, I shared with everybody to, to, I told them to go see the film because something's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but you have to see the film. I don't even know what it is, but you have to go see the film. And I said that to one day to my neighbor, and it was a, 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 a lady. Uh, she was in her 45 years old, and then she told me, it was the first person who told me, yes, Carlos, what you see, what you saw in that film was true. He did that for you. I couldn't believe. I was so happy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say because I understood that he was doing that to give me a new life. And then that night she explained me everything from Genesis to Apocalypse to Revelation. He explained me everything, the whole Bible, salvation, everything. It was it was so so amazing to me because wow. it's like I already believed, but I didn't know what I believed, you know? Yeah. So, so you 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 go, you watch this movie, The Passion of the Christ, it speaks <laughs> to you, you're like Oh my gosh, everybody has to go watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. But you have no idea what it means until mm-hmm. this neighbor approaches you and it's like, no, this this is what this means. Like Jesus died not just in that movie, but he died specifically for you and tells she you everything. Explain me about everything. That. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful, man. I can totally like feel the Holy Spirit like when it comes to <laughs> I feel like people don't think that like the Holy Spirit will move like through certain things and I believe that every time I watch that film, oh, I love that film. Oh, it's no, no, such a beautiful I love it, film. I love it, I love it. I can't wait and for part two. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, what happened is something that maybe you can relate is that I started going to her church. But it, it was a Calvinist church. It was a, a church really legalist. You know, yeah. it was really religious church. So yeah. I was already desiring to change. I was already with this deep desire to change my homosexuality. That I always say, this is you are free to to be what you whatever you want to be. I just didn't want to be gay, and it was my right. You know, it's like if you want to be gay, you can be gay. But I didn't want to be gay. That's it. Yeah. So I was already into it, and then I started reading the Bible. I and then I discovered what the Bible says. <laughs> you know, it was like okay, this is bigger, so I have to change. Mm. And I would say that, and you you didn't even know that like in the Bible or God like he I have like hear of I have hear about that, but I didn't care. Okay, yeah, and just to clarify, like what when mm-hmm. I say like I really like um, some people think that the Bible is like hate like hatred towards LGBT towards homosexuals. Oh, uh, what a mistake! And that's, and that's yeah, it's not the story at all. If you look at the Bible, um, we are all sinners, and Jesus. He was like, I don't hate these people. I'm going to die for these people so that my death and my sacrifice will cover over their imperfections and their wickedness. And then when he dies, it produces like this beautiful fruit in the spiritual world that changes and transforms us. So a lot of people have taken what it says in the Bible and then be like, oh yeah, God hates, you know, God hates these groups of people. God hates these groups of people. And it's like, Jesus, God loves everyone so much that he literally has given away his life so that you and him can have a relationship together. It's a, as it says in, in John 3, 17, uh, 
Jesus didn't come to judge the world, but to save him. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like, Jesus could have come. He could have judged. He could have been like, yeah, I hate this. I hate this. You guys never, you, you never do what I tell you to do. But he didn't. He was like, you know mm -hmm. what? I, I actually, and I love the Martin Luther King quote. I believe it's, um, you cannot drive darkness out with more darkness. Only light can do that. Um, so Amen. Like, you cannot drive out darkness, like, just with hate. You have to drive out, like, hate with love only love can change those things and that's what exactly what, what god did he brought mm -hmm. his love and he changed everything that was in the path of darkness so um anyways continue with your story okay so <laughs> just just to tell you just to say to yeah. everybody i have difficulty remembering my past i have been i am so convinced that i am a new creature today that i have difficulty remembering what yeah. i've been through so uh, even if i get lost in my mind it's because of that so after that, I got into this church, but you know what? They focus so much into your own um, uh, works. You know, yes. I have to change. I have to yeah. do it by myself. I have to honor God. I have to to follow the commandments. I have to, to do this. I have to quit uh, porn because I was addicted to porn. I have mm -hmm. to quit uh, uh, sex with guys. I have to quit. I have So the, what happened here is as as Paul says the power of the commandment, the power of sin is in the commandment. So the more I put yeah. commandments in me, the worse my sin was. So yeah, it's that's, like, the, that's the book of Romans where he says like, exactly. the law is not evil, but since like evil sin knows there is a law and there is a status of goodness all that now it's going to want to do is break that law exactly break all the things that are good because now there is a restriction you know so it's like the law is not evil the commandments are not evil those things are good but evil will use that to rebel to rebel to make yeah. us want to rebel against those things so yeah just to clarify but yeah go ahead so it is what happened, you know, I was at church and, and my sinful life was worse than before knowing the uh, Bible, knowing God, knowing church. It was worse by big time. It was like I became like a, a, a I would I would say it was like it was crazy. It was like the worst. I, I, in my mind, I was always having fantasies about sleeping with everybody, with the pastor, with his son, with with the musicians, with the with the shears, with everybody, with the the people in the street, with people all the time. I couldn't stop. It was like I wanted to fight against, and mm -hmm. the more I fought, the worse it was, and I couldn't stop. I was addicted to porn. I was addicted to everything. It was crazy. In my life, my sinful life, while being in church, was worse big time than before. Yeah. And I remember when in 2007 I was uh, I had I, I was 24 years old, and something horrible happened to my family. My sister Carla, uh, she passed away in a car accident. So it was so traumatic, and I was so like uh, broken mm -hmm. that I immediately pointed God and I said to him, "You are Almighty, and you didn't protect her. So I don't want to." nothing with you i quit bye see i don't want to see you anymore i'm gonna go destroy my life and i remember i, I oh, stopped so going to church and i went it's like even if i was in a sinful level it's like i won high you know and yeah 
and I so it's almost like I, you were you were upset with God, which is the most. Yes. It's just a situation with most people. I I also get a lot of messages. Of people who are like, I'm so upset with God. Why did God make me this way? Or why was I born into this family? Or why did this situation happen? Yeah. Like I just want to. And there there are people who believe in God. Like there are people who believe in Jesus. They believe all the all the good news and all the stuff. But it's like this hardness, this offense comes over them, mm-hmm. and it makes them mm-hmm. want to be like you know what? I don't want to be good because God doesn't seem very good to me. So why should, why should I do what he tells me to do? But yeah. yeah. So after that, I remember I met a, I met a guy and I fell in love with him and we, well, love the way I knew love, you know? Yeah. And, and <laughs> the and world's, we were... the world's definition of love. Yeah. yeah the world. We have a very different definition of love. Yes. And at the time, it was like, okay, I said, I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to go leave this, this relationship. And we stayed together during seven years. Wow. So it's for seven years, so you, you, had, you had an encounter with the Lord. You had been to church. And then all of a sudden, you were in a relationship for seven years with another man. And that yes. whole time, did you feel convicted at all? I took him. I changed churches. and I went to, a, you know, like... A, Church, something like huge church where mm-hmm. nobody knows where you, who you are yeah, and i took him with me yeah oh, oh wow i took him with <laughs> so you me, were both so... you were both going to church as yeah. gay as a gay couple yeah. i think honestly though yeah. i think that's... nobody knew we were a gay couple we were just good friends you know uh, oh okay it was okay, yeah. it was a uh, easy it was, to, 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 it was a little not that difficult to notice it yeah and I, I honestly i don't think that that's like bad because um like for example if if i were if I were in a homosexual relationship, how am I going to learn about Jesus if not from the church, you know? So sometimes we're, we're too judgmental, but God could be using, even though, okay, they're in sin. They're, you know, they're doing these things that, you know, whatever, the, the religion, Bible doesn't agree with, right? But if you want to tell someone about the love of God and you're expecting for God to move in their lives, where is God going to move? He's going to move through the body. He's going to move through the church. So we can't, we can't kick him out of the church. I mean, definitely, there's no place for leadership or leading other people or doctrine or theology, you know, all those different stuff because they, they yeah. don't understand the fullness of God yet. But being, letting them come to the church, letting them understand, it's... letting them experience what worship looks like, letting them have friendships, letting them be exposed to the light that's supposed to be inside of us. Like, that's so important. So, um, like, that's a difficult topic and a difficult subject but definitely something but, i'll talk about later but that's the key honest and yeah. but anyways we um, we moved here to, to canada and during those seven years just to say it was not like the most loyal relationship it was mm-hmm. all filthy everywhere you know so whatever you can imagine in the world it was that mm-hmm. and but uh, somehow it's like at that point i i I, I was doing good money. I was, uh, I was someone in my city, you know. And then I moved to Canada. I being here in Canada, one year later, the this relationship was over. Uh, I lost all my money. Uh, the relationship was over. I went into depression because I was in a foreign country. I didn't speak that well uh, French or English. And so you moved with your partner to Canada. Yeah. And why did you go to Canada? Because because Venezuela wasn't doing very well, so I wanted okay. to leave. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, it was just okay. So, and being here, then it was it was 
depressing for me. Because I, I remember in your testimony when you say that moving from one city to other, this is difficult. So I experienced that. If yeah. moving here, not knowing somebody, not knowing people, and, and then why why didn't the relationship work? It's like I was, I era insoportable. Yo. Oh, okay. So you were the one with the issues. Yes, you, I was the one with the issues. Yeah, insoportable. That is um, insoportable. Like someone who is unbearable, um, unbearable. Un yeah, unbearable, unbearable, unbearable. I was unbearable. <laughs> I love, I love how you were able to translate that. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were I unbearable in this. It was. I was unbearable. Poor did, him. You know, I was unbearable. Did were you guys monogamous or polyamorous? Like, did you guys cheat Whatever. on each other? Yeah, everything you can imagine. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't talk usually about him. I, I don't do it, in fact, because I respect him. But it was yeah. nice. And what happened is, I remember it was in 2014. I decided that I didn't want to be here anymore. And then I moved to Peru during six months. Because I said, I want to go uh, uh, do my own business there in, in Peru. I'm going to ask my, my siblings to come with me on Peru. We're going to go prosper there. You know, it's... I, exactly as your testimony. It's like I just wanted to switch, you know. Yeah. And and the, it was worse. I lost even if I already didn't have a thing. Is I I lost everything that was left, you know. Yeah. And I was into a depression. I was a, about to jump from a building uh, there in in, in Lima. Mm. Uh, I already at this point I accepted myself as a gay Christian mm -hmm. because I was reading some doctrine. That mm -hmm. says that, you know, if uh, God says you love your neighbor as, uh, as you love yourself and I love my neighbor, so only that it happens is a man, you know, it's like, that was the way I was thinking. And <laughs> <laughs> Talk about con context clues, like hermeneutics, just throw oh, yeah, out the yeah. window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I remember I accepted that I was gay Christian and I used to say to everybody, I said to my mom, to my family, I say, hey, listen, I'm a, finally I'm a gay Christian. And it's like I wanted to share with everybody, but it was not to tell them. It was to convince myself because I didn't believe it. Yeah. And, and I said, like, why if now I am like gay Christian, why my life is even more miserable than before? Yeah. So... And I remember what something happened, something beautiful happened there in, in, in Lima, even though I was completely lost into gay apps, uh, grinder, and all these kind of scenes and pornography and completely, you know what it means. Mm -hmm. I remember I met a, a couple, like a, a Christian couple. He's from Italy, she's from Venezuela. They were there and I, I received a training from them. And even though they didn't speak about God, I knew they were Christians, and you could see God's presence in them. It was so strong. It was so powerful. You could see, it's like God's glory could reflect from them. It was amazing. And I, yeah. even though I was lost, I, I remember this, this phrase came out of my mouth. I said, wow, Lord, I would like to know you as they know you. They know you in a way that I don't. Yeah. But immediately I said, oh, no, but I'm so lost just forever. But, you know, That's for, so forget beautiful it. Because I always tell people, like, um, people always ask me this question, which I'm, I'm going to make a more elaborate podcast on. But they always ask me, oh, how do I evangelize to my, evangelize to my gay friends or 
people who are struggling with just shine <laughs> i'm like yeah like the the only way is like talk is cheap but actions are expensive exactly. you know like when when you when you really are a person that's producing fruit in your life that was that's why jesus was so adamant about us producing fruit and he's like my children are the ones who are um obeying me doing my will like producing mm-hmm. these fruits that are mentioned in galatians chapter five um without that how are people going to know that we're christians because i can sit here i can be i'm a christian i love jesus he's but so amazing like but i'm a terrible person in my family um i am addicted you know to substances or pornography or whatever like you know like i'm, I'm a hypocritical person i'm doing one thing on sundays and the rest of the days i'm doing another thing so but actions actions speak louder that's what I saw in them. Her name is Jubiris and Leo, her husband. I saw they had a legitimate relationship with God. It was real. It was real. I, I, I wanted what they, what they had. That's what I, I want. <laughs> that's yeah. my goal every day. I'm like, I want so, people to see Jesus when they see me. It, this, that's the point. So I remember after that, I came back to Quebec because I didn't want to lose my permanent residence. Mm-hmm. And I was here, I didn't have a place to sleep. I just, you know, I asked a, a, a Venezuelan family who lived here, a family, Castro family. I asked them if they could receive me at their place. So I, I remember uh, Luby, a friend, she found me, um, how do you say that? An air bed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, an inflatable bed. An inflatable bed. <laughs> so I was sleeping in an inflatable bed at the at the at the living room i had my scenes in 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 garbage uh, bags it be, be, at my at, yeah my all side. of all, everything that you owned was just in i was almost bag. a homeless but in somebody's home you know yeah and i said what is my life i'm 30 years old and this is disgust this is this is it this is the worst i could ever the the the, the more deep i can go this this is it and even though the inflatable bed used to deflate at mm-hmm. night, so it was like I was sleeping by the in the in the floor. It was crazy. even the was, inflatable bed that you had. It was would yeah. deflate while you were sleeping. It was the worst oh. situation. Yeah. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> so the thing is that I I tried at that time to get back to my ex-boyfriend because the relationship was over. I tried to get back to him. It didn't work. Um, in December 2014, I slept with many guys. I did uh, many things horrible. I even tried drugs for the first time and I liked ah. it. Okay. I never done that before. And when I did it, I just said, give me more. Give me more. What give kind of drugs? More. It was, it was funny. It was a soft one, but it was a poppers. Pop. <laughs> okay. So when that's I, like that, not even considered a drug. Yeah, that's not even. <laughs> but I can tell you that by my because I am a person. My personality is like addicted. You know, I am yes. an addicted guy. Same, so, same for me. That's why I, I always told people I never, I never did the drugs. I, I think the most I ever did, you know, was a little bit of uh, marijuana. And I would only do that on special special events or, uh, you know, like a birthday or something because I knew I, if I got hooked on that, there was no way that I was going to let go. Well, <laughs> it was like for me, I was already hooked in, at the moment I, I, I tried. 
Yeah. And I yeah. wanted more because it was so easy to feel good immediately. And I was so in... In, in so much pain? In so much pain emotionally. So it was so fast that it, my state changed that I asked the guy, give me more. And then yeah. he, he's, he's like, he gave me more. And then mm-hmm. I asked him, give me more. And he said like, whoa, just calm down. No, give me <laughs> I more. I can just imagine, imagine this with poppers. <laughs> For those of you who don't, don't know, because I'm, this is a Christian podcast, so I'm pretty sure like you guys don't know what poppers is. But it's almost like, it's almost like liquid um, that takes off nail polish. It kind of mm-hmm. smells like that, like, and it's supposed to just relax you, relax your body. It's like it's not like a very hardcore drug, but it's sold like in like sex shops and stuff like that. But, anyways, um, okay, so. But for me, I have never even smoked a cigar in my life. Yeah. Ever, you know. So <clears throat> it was for me like, yeah, and I I could get drunk with three beers. So just yeah. to tell you, so it was strong to me. But the thing is that I remember. After that, it was uh, New Year's Eve 2014. Mm-hmm. I was with this family, with the Christian family that I was living with. And there was a man, it was already first, uh, January 1st, uh, around 3 a.m. There was a man there and we were talking. He was a friend of the family, he was Christian, and we were talking about faith. You know, even though I was so lost, I had this Calvinist. Uh, uh, doctrine in my in my mind, you know, I knew Bible, I knew the the the, the, the scriptures, I knew the word, even though my life was so uh, uh, out of the of the way. But yeah, what happened is that he told me something, and I felt God immediately talking to me. He he said to me, Carlos, the problem with many Christians is they have Jesus as their Savior, but not as their Lord. Mm. When he said that to me, Samuel. I, I felt two things. I felt God was looking to me, saying, like, I love you, but you don't let me. It's like, mm-hmm. I love you, but you don't let me be your Lord. And your Lord, the one Lord here is you. And that's yeah. the reason you are that lost. And yeah. second, I felt that even though I was so lost in so much sin, he didn't care. And he came after me. Yeah. So yeah. it was his love what makes me like open my eyes. Yeah, because it's kind of the situation of just like, well, God, I know more than you. I can take care of myself more than you can take care of me. Like, this is what you did to my sister. This is the situation um, in the church. This is what I was abused as a kid. So it's like, I can take care of myself, God. Obviously, you're not doing a very good job of taking care of me. Exactly. But now you reach a point in your life where you, you do everything that you possibly could do for yourself and you realize, oh, I can't take care of myself. This is this exactly. is too much. I don't I don't know where to go from here. So you're just like, okay, God, I want you to be Lord. I, I, exactly. I trust you. I have no other option but to trust you. <laughs> exactly. You no. Know, after a few like three four days later, no, yeah, like three four days later, I remember I went and slept with another guy, and it was a guy that I was after him during two years. So imagine, you know, if you are after a guy during two years, it's because you you want him. And after being with him, I felt so dirty. Mm. I felt so worthless. I felt mm. that I was less than a prostitute. You know, it was like I, I was less than, than I had no value at all. That's what mm. I felt when I left his home, his place at seven in the morning. And it was there when I, I remember what had happened at New Year's Eve. And I said to, to, to the Lord, I said, Lord, you know what? It's over. 
Mm-hmm. I don't care anymore if you change me or not. I don't mm-hmm. care anymore if I'm going to be gay, straight, asexual. I just quit. Become my lord. I want to follow you. Yeah. I, I, I surrender. Is that I just want to follow and that, you. That's it. That's a true humble prayer because same for me. Like when I came to Jesus, sexuality was not even on the table. I didn't care about my sexuality. Like I was like, God, I'm so broken. I don't know what to do with my life, my career, my job, my friendships, my family, like where I'm supposed to be. Like mm-hmm. uh, sexuality was the last thing on my mind, boyfriend, girlfriend, all those different things. I was just like, God, I just want you. Like, I just, I just want you. You're the only thing that matters to me. Like you can do whatever you want with my life. So I feel you. And that's a beautiful prayer to do because when you uh, do it was prayer, the best prayer, the that's the one. prayer that he answers because he's like, okay, there's nothing left for me. Like you're, you're not coming to me because you want something. You're not coming to me because you want to get rid of um, same-sex attraction, which if you go to God to get rid of your same-sex attraction, I'm sorry. I don't know who told you that in the church. I don't know what Bible verse you're finding that out. That's not the reason that you go to God. There, there's mm-hmm. absolutely no reason for you to go to God because you want to change your same-sex attraction. No, you go to Jesus because you realize I have nothing and I am nothing without him in my life. Like he is the source of everything that is good. And that's why I want to go to him because without him, I don't have goodness in my life. And and you know what you're saying is exactly what I realized is that I just came to God all the time. Because even when I was with this boyfriend I stayed during seven years, we wanted, both we wanted to change. Both we didn't want to be gay. And I I remember at that time I have done... all these ex-gay ministries and material, and I have read and I have done many things, and I followed their 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 like their therapy, and it was uh, the worst things to do. It was horrible, you know. It's like they I, said, I, I am like a big, I, I'm a big like you know, I like what is that called? Conversion therapy? Like yeah. when it comes, no, no, no. Conver- <gasps> conversion therapy is not even a thing because it's no, no, like no, it's, it's like. That is so useless, like in the body of Christ, it's useless, ri- useless. ridiculous because useless. it takes your eyes off of one idolatry and fixes it on another idolatry, which yeah. is heterosexuality. Exactly. And not even Jesus cared about heterosexuality. You know what yes. Jesus cared about? He's like, there are eunuchs in my kingdom. You know what I care about? The kingdom of heaven. But yeah. first, like all your focus on the kingdom of heaven and everything else will come out of that. You know, everything <laughs> else will follow after that. You know, it's... It's, it's funny to say, but I, it's like my, my biggest obstacle was my desire to change. Yeah. It was an idol. I was so much after this that I, I, wanted, I came to God to help me with my idol. I didn't come to God because and of him. That's so funny because growing up, that was my thing too. Like growing up, I was like... Oh God, I just want you to change like me. I want, I don't want to be going through these types of situations because surprise, surprise, you can't control it. Like you can't control the same sex attraction. Like if, if someone doesn't choose to be mm-hmm. attracted to the other sex, like I don't mm-hmm. believe that, you know, it happens. Um, yeah. It just happens. It's something you can't control. So obviously we, w- we want to change those things, even if we don't like those things about us. Um, but when I came to Jesus, that was... Uh, and it's something that it surprises me how many men that I meet who struggle with same-sex attraction still have that on their mind. Yeah. Oh, I want God to change me. Oh, I want God to get rid of this. Oh, like all I can think about all the time is how I'm not attracted to a female because I want to have a family and I want to have a wife. Well, then you haven't died to yourself. You haven't mm-hmm. died to yourself because yeah. you're still focused on what you want and not what God wants. What you're saying in Matthew 16, 25, 
if you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose it for me, you're going to find it. Yeah. Jesus says that six times in the gospel. He says, if you cling, if you, if you just focus in your life, you're going to lose it. And I already lost it. But if you lose it for me, you're going to find it. And it's what, it is what happened. I put my life to the side for the first time in my life when I did this prayer. And what had happened after was this is just a miracle after miracle after miracle, but I didn't care anymore. Is at the same time, I have so many questions. Why I was sexually abused? Why my father rejected me? Why my sister died in that car accident? It was so strong. So many questions, so many, I would say, bitter questions. But yeah. at the moment I surrendered, I didn't care anymore about the questions. He answered every single question that I had, but yeah. he answered them when I didn't care. When my peace wasn't in the answers, my peace was in him. Yeah, and trusting him, following him, no exactly. matter the cost, understanding that he is the most valuable thing that you can chase after. And he is. And, and the questions are no longer valuable to you. Your, yeah. your own life, your own agenda, the things that happen to you, the things that don't happen to you, they're no longer of value to you. He, it's funny to say, he answered every single one. I have no any question about my past, but he answered them when they, they, they weren't anymore uh, uh, an idol in my heart. Yeah. So what happened this after that is that I made this prayer and then I went to the place where I was staying with this family and somebody was listening to a preach and I get interested in and then I, I went to my room, I put it, and I started listening one, two, three, four, seven preachers. I couldn't stop. Uh, the pastor, <clears throat> he talked about, talk about homosexuality in a way that I have never listened. Because in, I don't know if you know, but in the Calvinist church, we don't speak about spirits at all. Yeah. yeah. So It's like a, ba a Baptist <clears throat> church. A Baptist yeah. church is like it's someone that... Higher. <laughs> Higher, even more here. Yeah. I, yeah, I bet. It's like they, we, don't, we, they don't focus I, so much on the spiritual. Yeah, and the, at the Calvinist church, we thought of Baptist as being so liberal, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> just to have an idea. So, yeah. the thing is that... I've experienced both type of churches. Like <clears throat> super Pentecostal, super Baptist. Or like, super Baptist, yeah. I think like so, a good middle ground is the middle. It's the, it's the perfect, <laughs> yeah. So, what the thing is that I, I he spoke about homosexuality as, as, as an spirit. I have never heard about this, you know, I, I, I just didn't. And also he spoke another about putting your, aligning your body to your soul, your soul to your spirit, your spirit to the Holy Spirit. So I just decided to mix all what I have heard during seven hours and I made a prayer. I wasn't a prayer guy at all. But that night I said, you know, Lord, and before going to sleep, I said, you know what? I'm going to pray. And then I said, this, this bold pray that I have never done in my life. I said, let me remember. I said, uh, in the name of Jesus, I align my body to my soul, my soul to my spirit, my spirit to your Holy Spirit. And I cast out this spirit of homosexuality that I wanted to destroy my whole life. I restore the original design by which you created me. And I pray for my wife and kids in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I said, the first thing that I said is, where this prayer came from. It is yeah. like, I wasn't a prayer guy. I was lost. So this prayer, honestly, was a little bit weird. And what yeah, happened then... Straight from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just exactly. speaks to us. And when I say, this is my experience. You don't have to believe it, but this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Immediately, I felt like a switch in my chest. It's like a little switch, like, check, like a key, you know, a car key. 
Yeah. And I said like something happened, something happened, and then I went to my phone, and and I I opened my my gay porn library that I had thousand pictures there, and I started watching the pictures, and I didn't feel any physical reaction. Wow. I what I immediately said, "It's done. This yeah. is gone. What is this?" And I I said, "Lord, I cannot believe that you did in one second what I couldn't during." 15 years wow and i hear holy spirit i was i would say it was the first time he told me a verse he said now go and share with others what the lord did for you you remember yeah. that verse when he set free the gathering no gathering mm-hmm. guy uh, yeah. after setting him free he said now yeah. go and share what he what the lord did for you yeah definitely oh my gosh that's crazy okay so we are coming up like um on a time limit for the podcast, but oh. I, I want you to finish up your story. So go ahead. Okay. So <laughs> after that, uh, I went to 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 share with with another guy that I, uh, with my ex. I wanted to share what happened to me. Uh-huh. And I because until that time we used to sleep, even though the relationship was over. I slept with him. Mm. In fact, I wanted to share what happened to me. And he took me to the room and we had sex. But it was the first time in my life that I felt disgusted of the sex. Mm-hmm. I felt it was so... I couldn't believe my eyes. Mm-hmm. It's like a veil was was uh, taken off. And I could yeah. see the other side of, of being with a man. I saw the anal sex that was my idol mm-hmm. was filthy. And yeah. I couldn't believe it. I said, like, okay, this is sex... I'm going to say this is sex with excrement. Mm-hmm. This is anal sex is with excrement. What I'm doing here, what I've been doing my whole life, this is crazy. And I said to him, you know what? I don't belong anymore to the team. Bye. It's over. <laughs> that reminds <laughs> me of an experience that I had because when I first, um, when I knew that the Lord had really changed me, it was, I was on a grinder escapade. So I was like looking for a hookup for the night and I found this guy and when I was in the middle of the act, um, the sexual encounter, um, I stopped and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I was like, it was so weird. Like I wasn't like, I, I was disgusted a little bit. Like I was just like, Ugh. you know, the guy, he had like, he had like a fake butt. And like, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like I, I literally like stopped in the middle and he didn't finish. I didn't finish. And I was just like, I am, I'm done. He's like, oh, is it something wrong with me? And I didn't want to make him feel bad. I was like, no, it's not you. I'm sorry. Like, um, it's just me. Like, I was just like, I just got things going on. And I went back home. And from that moment, I was like, I don't want to have sex with other men. And I deleted Grinder. I deleted um, everything that I had in my phone, like uh, all the, the porn, everything. And uh, from that moment for eight months, I didn't do anything with another man. And it was the easiest thing in the world. Like, it yeah. was something I didn't even... I didn't even have to think about like I would go to the gym and men were just like nothing to me. Like I, I, I it would capture my attention like for a second and then I'd just be like, nope. And then I would just look away. And and it was so easy for like eight months. But of course that didn't last because Jesus will take us through these seasons. There was like, you know, those high valley tops and then those yeah. low, low, like, um, you know. I, 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 as, as I have shared also, the, yeah. I, it has been already six years since that yeah. day. And I have been in my ups, I have been in my downs, I have shared everything in YouTube. Yeah. But I would say that this six years has been the most beautiful years of my life. But mm-hmm. he has helped me so much to understand mm-hmm. that 
I wasn't leaving the disaster I was living because I, because of what I was uh, believing about myself, I yeah. what I was believing about him. Yeah. At the moment I let him teach me and and show me the the reality of what he's done for me at the cross mm-hmm. and resurrection, everything changed. Honest is well. I don't know if we, we will talk about that yeah. later, but, but yeah, now no, my story that, is different. <laughs> that's beautiful. Like, I think, like, that's incredible. So, th- th- I mean, the only questions I have is because, so this podcast is called Christian Progress, and it's mm-hmm. all about how I still experience same-sex attractions on an everyday basis, right? Some days are easy, some days are hard, some days are difficult, right? Would you say that you still experience some type of same-sex attraction? I would say that, um, I want to say it this way. I, if not about if I feel it or if I don't, if mm-hmm. about what I do when I feel. Yeah. Okay. So I don't feel, I don't have any sexual thoughts about guys. I don't see a guy and then I feel sexually attracted. I don't feel that anymore. But sometimes it can happen that I see a guy and then something is like come to, to my heart. Yeah. And then immediately I said like, well, I've never been there because of, I, what I, my understanding of forgiveness is that mm-hmm. he let us ask if we have never committed anything. Yeah, so you view yourself as I am a totally new creation. I've Completely. Never even had I've never guy. been there. Immediately yeah. at the moment I said that, it's like my spirit takes control of the emotion and everything mm-hmm. uh, vanish. So Yeah, because it's, it's believing the reality of what Jesus says exactly. that we are and where we are. Like one of the biggest things that has helped me is like when I am feeling temptation... I just remember I'm like throne room. I remember heaven. I remember New Jerusalem. I remember what Jesus has done for me. And those things become such a reality for me that I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not going to trade my birthright for soup. Like exactly. I'm going to keep my birthright. I'm going to keep what, like, I'm going to endure my faith um, about what Jesus says about my life and his words. And, and, and I believe they are true. So, okay, and- so now... Oh yeah, go ahead. And, and remember, one, something that I remember is First uh, John three nine says that we have God's seed, and in Greek this is God's sperma. So we are new creatures made with His genetic. So in spiritually talking, we have His genetics, and in His genetics we don't uh, produce uh, sin. So I yeah. remember this is not coming from me. Bible doesn't say we won't be tempted. He said, walk by the Spirit, and you won't uh, uh, fall. You won't walk by the flesh, yeah. But the, the works by of the flesh. The flesh. Yeah. Exactly, so Galatians 5, 16. So yes. I, I don't even fight the flesh. I don't even fight the desires. I just keep myself being who I am in the Spirit. Yeah, That's it. And this, now, today I'm married with a, the most beautiful woman on earth. Yeah, which and I want to talk key. about, but yeah. we, won't, we won't have time to talk <laughs> well, about your marriage. We will have time later, but... This is because I see myself as he sees me. Yeah. This is the only reason. I don't fight anything. I just stay in who I am in the spirit. That's it. Mm. That's so beautiful. So now, you know, you've walked this, you have these highs and you have these lows with the Lord, but you remain consistent and he's blessed you with a beautiful wife, which I've met. She's incredible. And you guys have plenty of videos up on YouTube. You talk about some of the things that you've experienced as revelations that, that you've had with the Lord. So if you haven't already checked out Carlos's YouTube and his channel, just Google him, you know, Carlos Gattari, I'm sure it'll come up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I'll also probably leave a link in the description. 
Um, but it's incredible, man. It's incredible what God can do um, in the midst of two, you know, two, two people who are both who, who are dealing with uh, the homosexual lifestyle, who have had same-sex attraction, one who's been um, abused, another one who hasn't been abused, one who um, waited till they were 30, another one that waited till he was, you know, 22, and how similar our stories is and how powerful um, the like God's redemption is, like mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. blood, like what he can do with our lives. And I think that that's beautiful. And you touched on something that's so nice at the end, which was, essentially um intimacy and walking with the spirit mm-hmm. and i think that i think man we just we get so caught up in religion we get so caught up in rules we get so caught up in like i don't even know sometimes even the, the word of god which is not a bad thing i'm a biblical literature student i love mm-hmm. the word of god but the no matter how much i read the word of god like it's going to take me inviting the holy spirit to read this word with me it's going to take me like having relationship like telling the holy spirit I want to commune with you. I want like you are my comforter, according to Jesus. You are like I I, I like to uh, I like to call the Holy Spirit like Jesus without limits, without bounds. So you are Jesus, I and mean, you're living inside of me. And like I can I can have that beautiful intimacy that in turn will produce and transform and and make change within my life. So I think that's so beautiful, Carlos. But I wish we had more time. <laughs> I will be, however, I will be doing a video with Carlos on his YouTube. So if you haven't seen that video, go and check that video out. It should be up by the time that this podcast is out as well. Um, but thank you once again, Carlos, for coming. Thank on. you so much. Is there anything that you want to say to individuals who are listening? Just real quick at the end. Honest, I I just surrender, mm. surrender, and don't. This, don't argue with him anymore. Just just accept what he says about you. Accept yeah. that he forgave you and he made you clean, that he made you a new creature, that you are new into his eyes and live by. If don't bring to, to don't bring up what he already put away. That that's I, for me the key. I love that so much because surrender requires you to do nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. literally just mm-hmm. you surrender there's nothing yeah. you can do you just say i'm available and i'm here god so um i hope you guys enjoyed this podcast i'm so thankful once again for you guys listening all the way to the end for those of you who made it to the end go ahead and leave a comment if you're watching this on youtube um or share this with some friends uh the more you know views we get the the better job we can continue to do for the podcast but i'm i'm so thankful guys and i i'm i'm thankful for carlos i'm thankful for god for i'm thankful for you (laughs) (laughs) so anyways guys i love you and we will be you know next week we'll be have another podcast episode all right guys have a beautiful awesome day and may the lord be with you and don't forget to make time and space for the holy spirit peace out